Taking our Bibles, once again, turning to the book of Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel in chapter 20. In this chapter, you remember, once again, elders appear before Ezekiel, and they're expecting word, a word from God. God said to Ezekiel, you tell them, you're inquiring of me, you who are idolatrous, you that have forsaken me, you that have gone after other gods, you're inquiring of me? He says, I'll not give you an answer. I'll not hear, and I'll not give you an answer. And then he begins to review Israel's history. From the day that he knew them, the day that he knew them in Egypt, <laughs> they were a rebellious people. And every generation, generation after generation after generation, they lapsed into rebellion and the forsaking of God. He first of all recounts how he visited them in Egypt and he told them to forsake their idols. Forsake the idols of Egypt. Cast them away. Take your eyes off them. Get rid of them. They rebelled. Even though he remained faithful to his word and he brought them out with a mighty hand, brought them to the Red Sea, took them across the Red Sea on dry land. And so he recounts, secondly, with them, he reviews with them the history at Mount Sinai and in the wilderness. The first generation, that generation which he brought out of Egypt and brought to Mount Sinai, gave them his law, his commandments, and they rebelled, forsook his commandments, polluted his Sabbaths. And while yet in the wilderness, he he, he, he did that with their children. The fathers had, that first generation, passed off by the time they come to the land. And it's the children. It's the ones that were 20 years of age and younger. When he gives them 
his laws, his commandments, his Sabbaths. And he said, don't do like your fathers did, but be different. Follow me. Follow my word. And they too rebelled and forsook him. Tonight we come to verses 27 through 29. In this, in these verses here, he reviews. <laughs> with Ezekiel, to give to the elders the rebellion in the promised land. Verse 27 says, Therefore, son of man, speak unto the house of Israel and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Yet in this your fathers have blasphemed me in that they have committed a trespass against me. For when I had brought them into the land for the which I lifted up mine hand to give it to them, then they saw every high hill and all the thick trees. And they offered there their sacrifices. And there they presented the provocation of their offerings. There also they made their sweet savor and poured out there their drink offerings. Then I said unto them, What is the high place where unto ye go? And the name thereof is called Bema unto this day. So he reviews having taken them into the fathers, the fathers of these elders, the previous generations, had, having taken them into the promised land. Once in the land. <laughs> and they went in with a mighty hand, and the Lord fought their battles, and the Lord gave them victory over the inhabitants of the land. Once in the land, they forsook the Lord and turned to idols. That's what he said in these verses. They, they forsook him, and, and, and they, they, they looked to the high places and to the thick trees, the places that, that the people that they, they drove out of the land, the people that they subdued in the land, the places that they were sacrificing unto their gods. 
which were no God at all. And they lusted after them and became like them. And it led to, led to their condemnation. Look at, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 14, excuse me, chapter 17, in verse 14. Chapter 17 and verse 14. said, When thou art come unto the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say... I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. In this chapter, he's, 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 he's reproving them for, for their uh, presumptuousness, for their, for their pride, for their ego. And he he tells them, I know that when you get into the land and, and, and you settle down you, and you, you're going to say, well, all the nations round about us, they have a king, we want a king. And he sets down some guidelines concerning that king. Verse 15. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. In other words, they had to be kinsmen. They had to be Israelites. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, sign of pride, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses for as much as the Lord hath said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way, the way of Egypt. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself Silver and gold. All those things turn a man's heart from God. And all those things will turn any man's heart from God. 
And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of this his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. God says, I know, I know you're going to want a king, and I know you're going to make a king, but here's the laws concerning it. He shall not be lifted up with pride to multiply to himself horses and wives and silver and gold, but he's going to take the law, my law, which the priests have. He's going to have a copy of it. He's going to learn it, and he's going to follow it. He's going to seek to do it, that it may go well with him in his kingdom, that he may be blessed in his kingdom. Isn't that what God told Joshua? Turn with me to the book of Joshua. Now, this is, was Deuteronomy. They hadn't yet gone into the land. They're getting ready to go in the land. But God says, I, I know that you're going to want a king. And here's the guideline. Here's what he told Joshua. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, in verse 7, Joshua Takes the place of Moses. Moses died, wasn't allowed to go in the land, and he died. God took care of him. And Joshua was chosen to, by God to be the leader, to lead them in to the land. And the Lord God says to Joshua, he says, only in verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest Observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The instructions back in Deuteronomy, before they went into the land, before they ever asked for a king, wanted a king, 
but concerning a king when, because God knew that they, that's what they're going to want because of their wicked heart, that the king would observe to do all the law and he turned not from the right hand to, to the left. He told Joshua, who's getting ready to lead them into the land now, he told Joshua, <laughs> observe to do all the law that Moses commanded and not to turn from, to, to the right or to the left. In other words, look right straight to the law and follow right straight the commandments of God. Now, don't go to the right or to the left. Just like the law says. Just like the commandment of God says. Proverbs. No, Joshua 23. Chapter 23. We have... We have a lot of people, Christians, church members. Am I one? Who we have the Word of God, we have the Book of God, His Word. We read and study it. <laughs> Why? that we might not go to the right hand or to the left, that we might follow right on, straight on, cut it straight. And how many of us read it, study it, we'll go to the right, we'll go to the left with our own ideas and thoughts. Concerning what it says. It's not what, what it says. To the right is not what it says. To the left is not what it says. What it says is right straight on. Leading us to God. <laughs> leading us to perfection. Leading us to holiness. Leading us in the paths of, of righteousness. Joshua 23 and verse 6. Most of the land is subdued with the exception of, of the exceptions that were, were there. He said, in this verse, he said, Be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. Joshua is an old man now. His, his fighting days are over. And he's leaving instructions for them. And what instructions is he leaving for them? The same instructions that God gave to him. Follow the law of the Lord. Follow the commandment of God. Walk straight in his paths. Walk straight according to the word of God. Let this be your guide. Let this be our guide. Let this be our ruler. 
You want to walk in the paths of the Lord. You want to walk in a life that is pleasing, honoring unto God. It must be according to thus saith the word. The word of God. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And verse 27. Go up to verse 25. <laughs> well, verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. In other words, follow the word of the Lord. Follow the commandment of God. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Established according to the law according to the commandment, according to the word of God. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. To the right is evil, to the left is evil, but right here in the path of the Lord. What's the path of the Lord? Just what this book says. Remove your foot from evil. Remove your foot from going to the right. Remove your foot from going to the left. Walk straight on. And you'll please God. You'll honor and glorify the Lord. Chapter 8 of Proverbs. In verse 20. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. That's what wisdom leads in. That's what the word of God leads in. You want to be a wise Christian? These are words of the Lord, by the pen of Solomon, who wrote many proverbs as he was inspired of God. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. First Samuel, chapter 12, 
people are in the land and just as God thought, just as God said, just as God knew they would, they did. They desired a king. Verse 13 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. Now therefore, behold, the king whom ye have chosen and whom ye have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. They desired it. They, they chose him. The Lord anointed him. The Lord set him over. If ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Just as your fathers were given the commandments of the Lord and they turned aside from them. They turned aside from following God. Time and again. Now therefore, stand... And see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. God said back in Deuteronomy, he said, I know that when you get in the land and you're comfortable in the land, you're going to look around you and you're going to see all those nations with kings. Every nation around you got a king. We want a king. He said, I know you're going to do that. And here's the guidelines for your setting a king. And that king, here in 1 Samuel, we see that it was the desire of their heart, just as God said it would be, to have a king. But God says here, it was a wicked heart. It was wickedness. In fact, he told God told Samuel, they've not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me from being king over them. 
God's going to give them instructions. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord set thunder and rain that day. And all of the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness, yet... Turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Yes, you've taken and, and you desired a king, and that is wickedness. And you've set up a king. We've set up a king. The Lord has set a king over you, just as you desired, your evil hearts desired. He's given you a king to reign over you. But even with a king, you can follow me, the Lord. Follow me. Boy, that's a thing that you and I need to remember. I don't know of a righteous president in my lifetime. Not to say there may not have been one or maybe two, but I don't recall anyone. Maybe the closest one was Jimmy Carter. I don't know. It seemed like he was a works man. I don't know. That's, I'm glad the Lord knows those are his. I don't have to worry about that. But the point is, our presidents are... Wicked men. And we have present, we have governments to guide us, and, and, and they're supposed to be for, as we read in Romans 13, they're supposed to be there for, for our safety, for our protection, and for our benefit. But they're wicked. <laughs> Because they follow not the way of the Lord. They follow not the paths of the Lord as this king was, was commanded to do. But you and I, regardless of what kind of government, regardless how wicked the government is, you and I can still follow the Lord. <laughs> Boy, don't we have a great example of that in the apostles, in the New Testament? Living in a time when, when they were under Roman Empire, a wicked kingdom, wicked rulers. But they served the Lord. And they went everywhere preaching the gospel. 
beginning at Jerusalem and all over the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 21. And turn ye not aside, <laughs> not to the right or to the left, and turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. To go after the things of the world, to set your eyes on the sights of the world, as, as in our text, as they did upon the high places and the thick trees. To set our eyes on the things of the world are, are vain things. They don't profit you a thing. As far as eternal values go. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Verse 23, Samuel says, Moreover, I'll pray for you. That's my responsibility, is to pray for you. And I'm going to continue to pray for you. See, for Samuel to, to stop praying for them in their wickedness, Samuel would have not been following the Lord. His responsibility. And you, you're my responsibility. Even though they be wicked. Even though some of God's people are doing wicked things. We're beholden to pray for them. Take them before the Lord. Well, the people, once in the land, Joshua got them in the land. They're victorious in conquering most of the land. Joshua passes off and they take their ease. They get settled in the land and they're comfortable in the land. And they look to the high places. They see those groves. They see the places where the people that they conquered worshipped their gods. And it was appealing to them. It was things of the world. And it had an attraction to the eyes. And they succumbed to it. They obeyed not the commandment of God. They forsook him. They turned to the right and they turned to the left. And they blasphemed his holy name. Back in our text, Ezekiel 
chapter 20, verses 28 and 29. We see they continually committed idolatry and engaged in false worship. For when I had brought them into the land, for the which I lifted up mine hand to give it to them. Yes, God lifted up it. God gave it to them. God went before them. God fought their battles, fought their victories. Gave them victory over the people of the land. Then they saw every high hill and all the thick trees, and they offered there their sacrifices in the high places to those gods to the gods of the people that they they conquered. And there they presented the provocation of their offering. Their offerings, their sacrifices, their offerings which, which they offered was provoked God. It provoked the wrath of God, the jealousy of God, which provoked his wrath. There also they made their sweet savor, their incense. They sent up incense to those gods and poured out there the drink offering. Then I said unto them, What is the high place whereunto ye go? And the name thereof is called unto this day, or high place. That's what Bema means in the Hebrew. High place. Called the high place. Places unto this day. They followed in the same rebellion and disobedience of their fathers. They forsook the law of God and went away from God and served idols. They continually committed idolatry, thus engaging in false worship, going to the high places, the hills and mountains, where they had built altars. And they increased the altars in those high places. They were deserving of God's condemnation. 
Romans. Book of Romans in chapter 1, in verse 18. For the sake of time, we will not read verses 18 through 32 as I had planned on. You know what they say. You know what those verses say. You know how those verses talk about the forsaking of God, the forsaking of truth, and God giving them over. God giving them over to, to things that are all kinds of sin and wickedness. Things that are not natural for women to do with their bodies. Things that are not natural for men to do with their bodies. But I do want you to notice verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They have the truth. They have the truth of creation, but they hold it in unrighteousness. They have the truth of God's word. They have God's law. They have God's word, but they hold it in unrighteousness. They're ungodly. They're wicked. Somehow we think about God giving them over to, to do that which is not natural for women to do with women and, and that which is not natural for men to do with, with men is being horrible and terrible. And it is. It's a sin. It's ungodliness. It's wickedness, verse 18 says. But all ungodliness, all wickedness provokes the wrath of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? <laughs> They're going to suffer the wrath of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor abusers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate near as I can tell that is pedophiles men molesting young boys keeping young boys apart for themselves for their own gratification of their own evil lust same thing would hold true of women.
nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Uh, that's homosexuality. No, no way to cut it. It's all homosexuality, isn't it? Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor covetous, nor covetous. A desire for what God has not blessed you with. Whether it be a husband's desire for a, a woman that's not his, or whether it be a, a wife's desire for a man that's not hers. Or whether it be for things. That someone else has got, and, and you see, and you don't have, and you set out to get it because you've coveted it. Nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. See, see these in verse 10? We count them as lesser sins, don't we? Doesn't matter. If you're a doer, a doer of those things, an habitual doer of those things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness, all immorality, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, Immoral speech. Nor foolish talking. Nor jesting. All this has to do with the speech and it has to do with immoral speech. Which are not convenient. Which are not, not fit. Not suitable. Not suitable for a Christian. Rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, male prostitute or women prostitute, or just illicit sexual behavior, nor unclean person, immoral person, nor covetous. You see, covetous is, is listed right there with some of the evils that we think are, oh, they're terrible. And they are. But covetousness is just as bad. And how many of us are guilty of covetousness? God help us. 
It's against God. It's idolatry, he said. Covetous man who is an idolater. <laughs> That's what you are. That's what we are. When we covet. Well, it's not pleasing to God. It's it's not walking. It's not walking straight. Letting your eyes look straight on. And walking straight in the path. The path of God's word. All those things is going to the right, going to the left. They're taking us away. If it's taking us away from the word of God, then it's taking us away from God. We need to be on the path that is pleasing to God. And that is according to this book. And not according to what we want it to say, but according to what he says in his book.